blockchain, cryptocurrency. If you're like me, you've heard the phrase before, the terminology, but you may not be exactly sure what it is. You may not even know how it is, what, why it is. These are questions that we're going to need to answer for ourselves because these technologies are not going away. They're getting more a part of our lives. One side of the story is these are going to change all our lives and they're going to change it for the better. Some people are concerned it's going to change it for the worst. We have an expert with us today that's going to answer those questions for us and give us a little bit more data to make that decision for us. Hi, I'm Larry Kortkamp, and this is BizPoints TV, the show that introduces you to new and trending business topics, smart technologies, and the people that are making an impact in our small business communities. Create a stronger and more dynamic business. Larry Kortkamp, founding partner at the Kortkamp Group, talks with industry insiders about trending topics moving the needle for local business today. Here's your host, Larry Kortkamp. Blockchain and cryptocurrency. My guest today is John West. John is a consultant and expert on cryptocurrency and blockchain. Is that correct? Yes, it is, Larry. Thank you. You bet. Good to have you with us, John. We were teasing about the, uh, the intro about which one comes first, and you said actually you prefer crypto first. Why is that? It started with crypto. Blockchain did. And then it swayed. No, crypto is bad. It's only blockchain. My experience, the biggest impact that blockchain has on us is the cryptocurrency aspect, not the blockchain only. Blockchain only is a big aspect. But crypto is just a massive uh, impact on our lives. And what do we mean when we say blockchain and what do we mean when we say crypto? What, is this a chicken and the egg? Which had to come first? Blockchain had to come first before we had crypto? Crypto? Yep. Bitcoin is essentially a blockchain application. Uh, it was a chain of blocks and then they put it into blockchain. But what blockchain is really simply, it gets referred to as a new type of database, which it is, uh, but it's a really weird type of database. And if you think of a spreadsheet, uh, a spreadsheet you can kind of picture as a ledger okay. of a rows of transactions. And if you put that uh, a spreadsheet on thousands of computers, each computer will have a copy and they will keep it in sync so that every spreadsheet has the same transactions, read only, just written on the end in a row. And so a blockchain does consensus to keep that file or that ledger in sync. And having thousands of computers means if you wanted to change it, you'd have to change, they call it a 51% attack. You'd have to change 51%, you know, get 51% of the power to make changes to that. So it's really secure. If you have a centralized database, you can hack into that database and make changes. And no one may ever notice. But when you have thousands of computers working together, it's very secure. And actually, with that explanation, it, I, I think that's I think that's one that everybody can wrap their heads around. We all we actually as as consumers now, there's there's uh, cloud applications that allow us to communicate with our friends or our people at work, where we're working with documents in a shared environment. So each one of us is making changes to particular documents, and it's creating an ongoing. But in most cases, it's an ongoing centralized documents right. where each one of these chain is. But it's also designed not to be uh, hacked or, or it's designed to be more secure. So there's other elements that are included in this design of a decentralized sure. ledger capability, correct? And what are, what are all these other? The biggest element is what we, we didn't talk about really is the consensus mechanism. 
how do all of those computers come to consensus on what should be in this spreadsheet-like thing? Because one could make the argument that, well, I'll just get some computers and put some bad data in there and, or make some changes or that type of thing. How is the security really achieved? And this is actually the thing that Satoshi solved. So in a way, blockchain is not new. We were always be able to do it with you know, 15, 20 computers. Computers coming to consensus. And what they would do is they would all vote to each other. They would talk to every computer in the network and vote so that everybody knew in the network how you, everybody else was going to vote, and then they could come to consensus. But that's really, really expensive to do all of that talking. And what Satoshi figured out was, how do you come to consensus with thousands of computers without voting? And that's where the proof of work concept came in, of solving this math problem and purposely taking 10 minutes. So the security was added by slowing it down. It has to take 10 minutes. Hmm. And therefore, to overcome it, you have to create this huge compute power to try to overcome that. They're reaching this consensus that the, the data is correct by sharing it simultaneously with each other. Are they yeah. comparing it about, are they comparing it to each other's documents? Is that what they're doing? Or transactions, whatever those transactions happen to be? Um, yeah, and I, and I should say there are different consensus mechanisms now too, but yeah. the original one, um, actually validating the data is really easy and really fast for them to do that. So in the case of Bitcoin, if I wanna move, you know, one Bitcoin from me to you, I submit a transaction that's moving this Bitcoin from this address to this address. Validating that transaction is really fast. But the proof of work, the really odd part about it is it solves this math problem, which seems to be a waste of time. But what it does is it slows it down to say, it's gonna take 10 minutes to solve this math problem. And whoever solves it, that's the block of transactions. That's the next 2,000 transactions that go on the block. So every 10 minutes, there's another 2,000 transactions that get processed. Then the next segment, which is crypto, right? right? It's talking more about the money side. So we're gonna get a quick word from our sponsors. Multiple streams of income are the local business owner's new protection against inflation. If you enjoy sharing health insights and helping others live their healthiest lifestyle possible, you can create wealth for yourself and your family by doing what you love to do every day. Call 469-939-8933. Discover how to incorporate additional financial revenue into your love of health and wellness and the work you're already doing, using your time wisely and leveraging networks you already work with. Ready to learn more? Join the Wellness Institute's Corolla Bratis, subject of the book, Look Beyond Tomorrow, to help even more people realize their potential and achieve their health goals. Build a side business with products sourced in North America and protect your bottom line. Call 469-939-8933 today. That's 469-939-8933. Call now. Hi, and welcome back. Today we're talking cryptocurrency, blockchain, with our guest, 
John West. John, when we left, we were just getting started in the crypto side, but we left kind of on another area, which was this math problem that has to be created. Can you go a little bit more into that? What do we mean by a math problem? Who's creating it, and, and how is it answered? Sure. Um, so, so first of all, too, this is the proof-of-work consensus. So the work you're doing is solving the math problem. And the math problem is a, is a calculus problem that's in the code, in the Bitcoin code, is proof of work. And the, the, the miners or the nodes or the servers take in 2,000 transactions, put them in a block, now try to solve this math problem. And by solve the math problem, it means you have to come up with an answer that's less than a preset value. And that preset value changes all the time. But it takes a long time. It takes 10 minutes. All of you got to try this input, this input, this input, this input. These computers are trying all these inputs so that they can get an answer from the math problem that's less than a certain value. And it takes them 10 minutes to, to figure that out. If they get the answer, whoever gets the answer, it will, then they raise their hand and say, I solved it. And everybody can check it really quick. Yep, you solved it. Okay, that's the block of transactions that's going to get used. And that's the next block. And then as you add more computers to the network, they can solve that math problem faster. So the difficulty adjustment is a very important thing in a proof of work system. So every two weeks, depending on how many nodes are on the network, the difficulty can get adjusted higher or lower. So is this how crypto is actually created because there needed to be an incentive oh, that's a to reward these miners? Incentive, and you get the transaction fees, uh, but the block reward is you know 90% or so of the... So a blockchain today is worth about, uh, or a, a six times 60, Bitcoin, 000, yeah, 60 grand, grand 60, something like that. Yeah. Interesting. So we've got all these miners that are going at it with 50, 100 machines. How often are these being solved now in order to generate 2,000 transactions. Is this now going at so many a second, so many a minute? How many are being? It's always every 10 minutes. So um, the, the Bitcoin network is designed so that it, a block comes out about every 10 minutes. And when you add more computers to it, then the math problem will get adjusted automatically to make it harder. So for a while, you'll get it in nine minutes. You add more computers, you'll get it in eight minutes. But then every two weeks, it adjusts. It'll go back to 10 minutes. It'll make the math problem harder. So based on the number of computers that are on the network, it does a difficulty adjustment, it's called. But 2,000 transactions is nothing. So how, right. is, this, how is this scaled? Right. That's, uh, it, it, it's layered. So money today, um, you know, assets today, are, they're different layers. And so in the case of Bitcoin, Bitcoin is considered layer one. Uh, and over time, it will only be the very large settlement transactions. So there's a layer called layer two called Lightning Network. And there you can take some Bitcoin, lock it over here, and do payments. And those payments are instantaneous and near zero. And then when you're, if you're done or when you're done, you can you know, unlock your Bitcoin over here if you need to do something with it on the main layer one network. So that's probably how consumers are, are, yes. are approaching or, or getting involved in this. They're at these different layers that they're yep. doing these transactions. Yeah. And the goal for this is, because uh, you and I have talked about this a lot, it's, it's, it's providing another option 
to a traditional transaction between you and me. So you've got a bottle of water to sell, I've got the money to buy it, and there's usually a third party that's holding either both of those things or one of those things because I've, I, I'm not going to give you my money until you give me the bottle and you're not going to give me the bottle until I get the money. So it's always been, for all time, there's always been a third party involved. And today that's our banks, it's our credit unions, it's all these other vehicles that have been created to that. And the blockchain design is designed to offer another solution that doesn't involve a, a traditional institution group as the third party, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was created to disintermediate things. Now, in, disintermediate intermediaries or centralized parties that you were describing, banks being one of them. Intermediaries in our lives are really helpful. Uh, they can make us really efficient. Um, and they can also be dangerous. You know, bad things can happen and things can go sideways. Um, and so it'll be really interesting to see how this evolves the blockchain space, the crypto space, on what gets in disintermediated and what doesn't get disintermediated. But in the case of Bitcoin, the first blockchain, yes, the whole reason it was created, um, whether people like it or not, uh, it doesn't matter. I'm not, I'm not making a, a statement on whether it's good or bad. It was created to disintermediate the, con the creation of money. Uh, from banks, from government. So Bitcoin, there's only ever 21 million Bitcoins on this Bitcoin blockchain. You can't create more um, and you can't control who does what with it. Um, you can try to regulate around it and that type of thing, but it's this decentralized How did that network. number come? What's this 21 million thing? I don't know, it's a good question. Um, I don't know how Satoshi, and I keep saying Satoshi, Satoshi Nakamoto, the pseudonymous uh, creator of Bitcoin. I was say, is everybody, supposedly that's a seed, nobody even knows if that's accurate or not. It, right, it's, it could be a person, it could be a group of people, no one, right. no one knows. But, um, and the fact that it, that's the only, because it's a, uh, because it's somewhat of a, 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 people are not really a part of this, that, that, all these numbers seemed arbitrary to some. So 21 million, just picked it out of the air. How come I can't make more? Why can't there be, what are those, how are those things set in place so that you can't do all the things that you would normally think you could do? Yeah, um, it's, uh, it's, it's in the code and the code is decentralized and so no one controls the code and the ethos um, around Bitcoin is that will never get changed. It will always be 21 million. That's mm. the whole purpose is concept of hard, hard money. You know, people will argue, and, and, uh, and I agree with them, if, if the U.S. had not left the gold standard, Bitcoin never would have been created. It never would have existed uh, because it was created as an as a answer to or as a choice to um, money controlled by government, uh, soft money or fiat money or money that's just printed, that's not, that's not hard money. But, so that's a pretty core requirement. Yeah, and you're kind of giving the, uh, the audience a little key to that last segment we're talking about because then we get into some of the areas too. And, and, and quite frankly, we've talked too that this is a, this is a long conversation. I mean, it's, it's pretty deep and involved and there's other ramifications that come from it. So um, if there's no intermediary that is, that is 
checking to see who's actually creating the money, depositing the money, trading the money. It opens the door to all kinds of people. So I no longer have to move 16 million, you know, dollars of bullion someplace in a plane. I simply upload it to my Bitcoin account through my phone. Yep. And now my drug cartel, drug lord is uh, available to take anything across the uh, across the globe. So there's all sorts of bad things that can come about that. And the security has been questioned to a certain extent. We in the U.S., it was big news that somebody had actually cracked somebody's uh, Bitcoin account and took the money back. And and you and I have talked about that before. Yeah. And, and we're going to talk how you say that isn't possible when we come back from this next break. <laughs> long has it been since you've updated your brand or restocked your promotional items? The more often people see your company logos and taglines, the more often your company comes to mind. That top of mind thinking is exactly what grows businesses and generates revenues. So at Big Feet Creations, I've dedicated my time and talent for over 30 years designing and illustrating print and digital products that people love and remember. Now we're adding website design and audio video editing too. Call Big Feet Creations at 469-450-7350. I'm a big guy, and I've taken big steps to help you grow big. Big Feet Creations, 469-450-7350. Call today. That's 469-450-7350. Welcome back. You're listening to BizPoints TV on the OBBM network. We are an on-demand show, so you can catch us anywhere you get on-demand. Roku, Fire TV, and of course your video channels. Our favorite is Rumble. Make sure you check us out on Rumble. When you see us there, give us a Rumble and share us with your friends. Today, the, uh, the subject matter of today's show is cryptocurrency and blockchain. And our guest today is John West, a consultant on cryptocurrency and blockchain. So before we left, John, we were starting to get into some other areas of of use as well. Uh, the technologies are great, but like any other technology, you can use it for good, use it for bad. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to direct our conversation in any specific place because there's a lot of areas we can talk about. Uh, you do a lot of talking and visiting on the subject. What, are, do you, what do you hear are some of the main concerns that people bring up? Yeah, um, well, first of all, the history of Bitcoin is horrible. I mean, it's, it's uh, Silk Road, um, it's uh, drug, it's uh, fraud. It's uh, you know, and then after you got Bitcoin, we had all these ICOs and these all these ripoffs, and so there's a lot of reasons why people have a very bad perception of crypto, and a lot of legitimate reasons. And when you're in the space though every day, and you see how far and fast it's come, uh, you know, for example, estimates right now are uh, I think it's less than two percent for sure, and it might even be less than one percent of of Bitcoin transactions are fraudulent or criminal or that type of thing. So it's gotten under control a lot. And the interesting part is Bitcoin transactions aren't anonymous. The criminals thought that it was anonymous in the beginning. It's pseudo-anonymous. You know, your address or your account number is out there. It's very transparent for people to see. And then you can start applying some technology to that and start seeing patterns. And you can start to pinpoint 
and where money is going and where it's coming from and who has what addresses and those types of things. And so there's businesses that are built up around that already in terms of trying to, you know, find dark money and and, and quarantine stuff and so it, those kinds it's of somewhat things. visible, but not probably not as much as say an IP address for a computer terminal or. Well, it's just as visible as an IP address. It's just that no one, like an IP address, someone has a registration of who owns that IP address. Right. Whereas your Bitcoin address, no one starts out with a, with a registration, but they can kind of figure it out over time. Right. So, and, and people want privacy though. So steps are being taken. Well, how do I do private transactions? So it's always gonna be, you know, just like in, with today's cash or today's you know, electronic money, this cat and mouse game. So when we went to break, I had just mentioned the uh, uh, recent item in the news where somebody, our, our federal government, so they'd actually recovered some, some ill-gotten yeah. gains from somebody from their Bitcoin account. Yeah. But that's kind of not correct in, in complete terms. Yeah, the question was they were sort of trying to give the impression that they had hacked Bitcoin. Um, to recover the funds, and or people people jumped to that conclusion, and Bitcoin is one of the attributes is it's probably one of the most secure pieces of software that's ever been created, uh, never been hacked, um, and the the key is it's thing this thing called your private keys, so uh, if you have your private key, then you can control your money that's on the Bitcoin network, your bitcoins, and. What happened really is they found the criminal's private keys and then they used the private keys to move the Bitcoin. So it's like anything else, they hacked his password. They got yes. his password and that way they yeah, had Yeah, it's their, form password, yes. Yeah, they got their key to the right. candy store through that. Yes. Well, it's, it's certainly becoming, um, I don't think it's leaving us anytime soon. It's certainly invading our space and everywhere. Uh, PayPal accepting Bitcoin now and several other places are ex accepting it as well as a currency level. But we hear, again, Bitcoin is just one of many cryptocurrencies. So what's to stop everybody from creating their own cryptocurrency in their own, whether it's yeah. in their own country or whether it's in their own company or whether, I mean, some of these companies are huge anyway. So Apple makes its own Apple money or whatever it happens to be. Why are we not concerned about more cryptocurrency being created? Um, it will, it is. Um, so the difference is, there's, there's thousands of cryptos out there right now. And just like during the dot-com era, 95% of them are eventually gonna fail. Uh, so they're startups is really what they are. So that's one thing. Now Bitcoin- Why would they fail? Because they won't get a market. Okay, will, somebody won't, ex I won't accept your John money? Is that why? It isn't really money, the other cryptos. So Bitcoin is the only one where the goal is to be a monetary system, money. Uh, the others are really more about creating the ability to have decentralized compute and storage. So an easy way for people to maybe understand this is Ethereum, they added s smart contracts to Bitcoin. Well, that's so that you can do more higher, higher levels of computing. You know, you can write more of a program, a longer program. To, to do smart contracts, to do work in a decentralized on thousands of computers. Which, and, and I don't want to get us, this part of the show, I don't want to get us on another tangent, but going back to our blockchain technology and the fact that we have this decentralized ledger, there are other uses. Yes. I mean, we're, we're focusing on crypto and some of the other uses for that, but, but this is a ledger of data. So there are other things that can be placed into this 
yeah, into this ledger. And, and one of the biggest uses now is, is the education system. Uh, they're trying to use it for a lot of different applications there. And some of those are very good. So if you're looking for a job, you can have your resume and, mm -hmm. and all the associate documents that go with it, degrees that can't be duplicated or whatever. So you're no longer worried about a, someone hacking your school and, and duplicating yourself. It's, it's a way for that. Uh, the education system kind of scares a lot of people because it's involving, but it's not just the blockchain there, that's data. They're, they're concerned with how data is being used and mm -hmm. manipulated, and I think that's really more a focus for maybe another show for us. We'll kind of delve into that. But, uh, but the blockchain side and the crypto side, some of the nefarious things that I'm concerned with is, it's my understanding that each crypto transaction or whatever is can be located or tracked to mm -hmm. a certain extent. And, and, and if we were in the US, for instance, to go move from a, a dollar-based system to a crypto dollar-based system where cash is no longer accepted, what types of opportunities is that for even our own country to exploit that yes. situation? No, that's a good question. So countries are creating their own crypto. And the US is certainly one that's looking at it. Uh, and they call them uh, central bank digital currencies, CBDCs. Those are taking existing fiat, like US dollar or euro, or China has one, it's in production. And China is using it to track everything about its citizens. Uh, it's programmable money. That is a problem when you add technology to money and the potential for tracking things. Only we just talked about like this much. So we're gonna to have to have you back and we'll get into other applications. Plus some of the parts that I didn't even really get into is how the miners are using some of this alternative uh, mm -hmm. electricity in order to power that and make it a little kinder uh, footprint on our power grid. But John, thank you very much for being here today. John West, our cryptocurrency expert. Uh, we're gonna wrap up the show today. Uh, you're watching BizPoints TV. You are on the OBBM network. To be a guest or request sponsorship information, contact the Court Camp Group at 972-824-8001 today. Production and programming information requests for the OBBM network should be directed to Offbeat Business Media by calling 214-714-0495 or send your request to info at offbeatbusiness.com. This Points TV, podcast, and radio show are produced by Offbeat Business Media for the OBBM Network. Unauthorized use of logos, audio, video, or reproduction is strictly prohibited.